ready to talk some Space Odyssey. Yeah, I'm ready to talk the movie that I watched. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but all right. <laughs> it was a movie that I watched. All right, well, here we go. Are you set? <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Movies and Brews podcast, where we talk movies. And we drink some brews. I'm Jordan, and staring me through the screen here is Daniel. Hello, hello. Man, you look like you haven't shaved in weeks. I haven't shaved my beard in a while, and I still haven't gotten a haircut. So it's all getting pretty weird. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I tell you, what, what is it is, I want to go experience the, uh, was the warm shave, where you go and they shave you. Have you ever experienced that? No, that sounds nice, though. I'd like to experience that. I, I don't know. It seems like it'd be nice and relaxing. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. So, today, we're going to be talking a Stanley Kubrick film. 2001 Space Odyssey. Sit back, relax, grab a drink, and beware of those HAL 9000 units. Cheers! Cheers! <laughs> <laughs> Actually, in part of prepping for today's episode, went back and watched the old Simpsons. Um, Did you? Halloween because I watched episode. that last night too. Watched you, know. you watched that? Yeah, I watched it last night. <laughs> oh, it's so good. With Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Oh, Pierce Brosnan. Don't Ultra worry, House watch. 3000. <laughs> I like, let's try to skip some more personality. Here, here's Matthew Perry. Yeah, no. my house. <laughs> what what did he say? I don't remember. But yeah, I, I rewatched that episode too last night. <laughs> <laughs> That's <was> awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny Yeah. This classic, mind. classic Trias horror episode. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> okay, Daniel, before we start here, what are you drinking on your end? I got a hot valley called Stash Panda Hazy IPA. Sounds good. Oh, you know, <laughs> I just realized it has a bunch of raccoons on it. Like Trash Panda. I didn't even see that until just now. Nice. So I got 3M's Town Series Moon Dance. Kind of going with our uh, space theme here today. There you go. So it's a IPA. Never had it before. I actually think it's new to the market in general. So give this a try. Mmm. It's really good. Got some interesting flavor going on to it. Mm, I like it though. Cool. All right, Daniel. Well, let's move on here and let's do some movie news here. I know there's something big that came that uh, was announced this last week that we forgot to cover last week somehow. And what was that? A certain Batman might be coming back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were talking about that. Because I hadn't seen that news until after. But yeah, Michael Keaton is in talks to reprise like his role in like the upcoming DC like Flash movie as like an older Batman and canonizing like Tim Burton's like original Batman. Which would be pretty badass if you ask me. Why a Flash movie though? That's the part that kind of irks me. I'm like, ah, I don't want this in a Flash movie. Fuck Flash. But 
Sorry, all Flash I, fans out there, but Flash is cool. They just haven't done him right. He's definitely a character that really only works in cartoon and comics because of how ridiculously powerful he is. Yeah. I don't know, but the, the just the thought of Michael Keaton once again being Bruce Wayne just sounds awesome to me. Bruce and Wayne I did read Batman. something today that there would at least be one scene with him in a full Batman costume. <sighs> See, that'd be which yeah, I mean, you got it, badass. Just like give me the original Tim Burton costume, but you know, if you want to make it so he can actually turn his head, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. That's fine. <laughs> but, uh, oh man, I get it out. I, I again I think I said this before I will be there opening weekend just to see that yeah I know that would amazing. be sweet now this really makes me if work goes well this week I'm going to go out there and I'm finally going to get that 1989 Lego Batman I mean it's a sweet set man you got to get it before it's, it's sweet, coming sweet set yeah what is a 3300 piece set just detailed to the max that would be sweet but yeah so that is something looked forward to even if it is in a flash movie but hopefully they can do a cool flashpoint. Well, there's talks about a Batman Beyond movie now. Which with Michael, Ke- Michael Keaton as senior Batman. I would love to okay. see that because I'm a fan of Batman Beyond. I, we both are. I mean, who who directs that though? That's what I'm kind of wondering. Like Keaton made a thing like I loved if Batman came or if uh, Tim Burton came back and directed this, but I. I Tim Burton and Batman Beyond don't seem to mesh together for me. No, I'm... As much as I love Burton. Honestly, get the director, maybe the director, and then also get the, uh, I don't know what to call them, cinematographer and or like the the people behind Blade Runner 2049. Yes, that was my thoughts. Get those guys because they can make the neo-noir city for sure which is what you need and then like make a grizzly good cyberpunk batman because that's what it is get those guys to do it because that would be sweet yeah dennis v i can never pronounce this guy's last name venon venon view i don't know anyway dennis get dennis to direct this and yeah his cinematographer and just crew whole crew for the production design would be amazing you know maybe have tim burton come in as a, as a special guest director and direct some key of the keaton scenes that'd be cool but yeah yeah i don't know I, I would love to see a batman beyond movie just i mean just hearing it and talking about it i want to go back and watch the show again like it's been so long since i've seen that show yeah i think it oh, no, is it is only it right on the now? dc platform i think so i might just have to go buy the blu-ray discs of it i saw it, i think target sells it be worth it yeah, I know that you can get it for like 40 bucks on Amazon right now. Really? Yeah, I think it comes with the uh, the seasons and the movie. Heck yeah. Which you, I know you have the movie, or you used to have the movie. but I got yeah. on DVD, yeah. But yeah, $40 for a Blu-ray, not bad. That'd be cool. Awesome. Well, anything else? What else is going out there? Like any news of uh, things opening up, new things going in production? Well, I saw Tenet got rescheduled again to August 12th. Oh, bummer. Mulan is delayed now to August 21st. Oh, jeez. And uh, Margot Robbie to star in a new spinoff of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Oh, I heard about that. I don't don't want to see her go down this kind of path, though. She's just too good for blockbuster franchises, in my opinion. Yeah, 
some money. I mean, she'll make bang for sure. Like, I mean, she's already making money though. She is. I just, I don't want to see her go down this road. She will do. She'll do good, and she'll get paid well. But I just don't want to see her go down this road of blockbuster franchises. I just I don't know. I prefer her and just like stuff that doesn't have potential to have a sequel, like Wolf of Wall Street, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right. I, I don't know. So I saw that because apparently they're already in plan, like planning to reboot Pirates of the Caribbean anyway. But this isn't even going to be a part of that. It's going to be like another side movie. Like it's just going to be a a spin-off reboot. So we'll, I don't know. I've we'll only see. seen three Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I fell off after that because after the first two, the third one sucks. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm good with these. Yeah. And Someday I'm like going to go watch all of them. I've only seen the first two, I think. Maybe the third. I think only the first two, though. Eventually I'm going to go watch all of them. But I don't know. I Again, I don't want to see Margot Robbie go down this path, but I'm sure it pays well. I'm sure. I mean, I feel like every actor tries to get into at least one franchise at this point. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So I saw that. I thought that was interesting. Didn't expect to see that. <laughs> and I also, the last thing I had was that it looks like Carl Rayner, who directed the Dick Van Dyke show, died at 98 years old this week. Oh, wow. And I thought that was kind of crazy because we used to watch. Re- well, obviously, they were reruns of Dick Van Dyke. You didn't watch it live? A little bit, like when we were kids, like with my with our parents. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, no, I'm definitely just a Dick Van Dyke fan in general. I mean, I grew up on Chee Bang Bang. Loved that movie so much as a kid. And I think our sisters, or at least one of them, loves... Um, uh, what's, what's the Disney? <laughs> I can't think of the name of it. The Disney one with the penguins? Cartoon penguins? Oh, Mr. Popper's Penguins? No. Oh, I don't know then. Uh, Mary Poppins, there we go. Mary, oh, wait. Oh, duh. I was thinking like, what's that line from Guardians of the Galaxy 2? I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Exactly. <laughs> oh. Man, yeah. So that's that's all I have for news this week. Okay, well, let's move on here and let's talk some other things we saw this week. Um, I guess I don't know if I've just been too busy working or what, but I did not get around to seeing anything outside of our main film this week. Uh, TV shows. No movies. You watch shows? Anything good out there that you're watching? Well, Shiloh's watching My Hero Academia, which is an anime that's super cool. <laughs> so I've been re-watching it with her. Oh, that's good. It was, it's just a good time. Super cool show. I love it. I guess I've just been keeping up on my regular shows. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, The Wonder Years. I'm down to one episode. I got one episode left of Beverly Hills 90210, and then I can say I've seen the entire series. Finally be done. Yep. Got the one, like, series finale to go. It's like an hour and a half episode, so I haven't watched it yet, but uh, soon. Soon. Uh, Yeah, it's kind of weird. I'm like, why would you stop on the last episode? But an hour and a half long, you got to make time for that. Yeah, and there's this like final goodbye kind of special TV special and everything too thrown in there. So, right now you can watch the reboot series that the CW did a while ago. Oh, thank you. I'd rather start watching the OC, which I actually might do. That's on HBO Max. I actually might dive into that and finally watch that for all these years. We'll see. Maybe. I mean, if that's what you want to do, <laughs> do that or start Entourage again. 
That's been a couple years. HBO. Yep. No. If anything, I'm thinking actually, since I watched, we talked on the show a while back, I watched season one of Six Feet Under. It'd be kind of nice to just start the next season of that and just continue that series again. Or finally sit down and watch The Sopranos for the first time ever. Never seen that. Yeah, I've never seen that either. But yeah, it might be time for The Sopranos finally. Or Ozark. I've heard great things about Ozark too. Yeah, and they announced that the fourth season's going to be the final season. Okay, so, okay. I, I saw something that it was uh, ending soon. I didn't know if it meant this last season, the third, was the last, or if it will get one more. So it will get no, one more. Okay. I did see that. It, Ozark's getting a fourth season, but it's going to be the finale season, but it's also going to be a larger season than the past seasons. Hmm. So I don't know how large the Ozark seasons are now. I, I, I think know. they average like 10 or 12 at a season. Well, that'd be cool. You know, knowing that end is in sight, they'll hopefully be able to wrap it up nicely. Yeah, especially giving it a, like a longer season just to make sure it gets wrapped up is always nice. I'm going to get into that. Cause, yeah, I've heard nothing but good stuff about that show. All right. Same. Well, what do we move on here then? And let's get into our main movie on tap. Cue the Space Odyssey theme. I didn't know was the Space Odyssey theme until I watched a Space Odyssey. Oh, really? I've definitely heard that a lot. Oh, that's funny. Well, um, yeah, so today we are talking Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey, written by Stanley Kubrick and Arthur C. Clarke, directed by Stanley Kubrick, starring Keir uh, DeLay, I don't know who that, Gary Lockwood, William Sylvester, and Douglas Rain. So Daniel, what are you, what's kind of your history with 2001 Space Odyssey? What kind of your thoughts going in? And yeah, what were until, your overall? What's that? I was gonna say, <laughs> going in, I was just like, I was excited because I actually picked it. As you listed off a few minutes, I'm like, yeah, I've always meant to watch 2001: A Space Odyssey. I always heard so much about it. Iconic sci-fi movie. So that's what was my headspace going. I'm like, I was excited to watch it. While watching it, I was not enjoy. I did not enjoy myself while I was watching the movie. No. In my opinion, this movie is just a. It's too slow. Really? Like I under. It's well shot. Technical like ability is great. Like it's. I mean, it's Stanley Kubrick movie, so of course it's good and it looks good, and it actually aged surprisingly well for effects cool. and all. Like really like, well. Really well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like really well for the practical effects and the CGI that they have, but I just could not really get in. It took me three sittings to finish the movie. Really? I was so bored. Dang. That was not my take at all. So this is a movie here. I've heard about this movie, of course. I've just known about its existence for years. Seen it parodied on so many different things. I mean, we were talking earlier, The Simpsons is probably the biggest thing we've seen parodied on. It was also parodied on uh, Futurama as well. Oh, nice. My favorite, I think we, like we were talking about, is that Triassic Horror episode where the Simpsons get this like super like... Um, smart house? Smart house, yeah, basically. <laughs> I just love that whole episode starting at the beginning. Like, 
Ah, uh, sales bot. Ugh. How would you like something to clean the whole house for you? Do all the work for? Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> anyway, great episode. Yeah, where we've got Hal hitting on Marge essentially, and like, hmm, I'm, I love this woman. I must get rid of <laughs> her husband. Yeah. Voiced by the great Pierce Brosman. Which, hilarious. Hey, hilarious. a double of seven voice. George Lazenby? No, Pierce Brosman. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, so good. What I totally forgot about too is the ending after they defeat Hal. <laughs> they, I'd hate to waste such a great thing, so they pass it off to her sisters. Yeah, and they take the only forgot about that ending. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I did she's forget about for that too. But self-destruct button. And she's like looking for this. Sticks it between her. She's like, now let me tell you more about my day at the DMV. He's like, oh god. <laughs> Takes like the was it a lamp? <laughs> himself on the top of it. Uh, anyway, yeah, it, it's a great episode. Great episode. All <laughs> three of those were great. Yeah, I think it's funny that we both have the same idea. Like after watching it, I'm just like, I'm gonna go and watch The Simpsons, <laughs> Treehouse of Horror. So good. So my me watching never seen this movie before. Heard about it for years. Watched it parodied for years. Had glimpses of it. I mean, I knew it was uh, took place in the future in space, but still didn't quite know what it was all about. Uh, I got to say, I just sat back and just absorbed it all. I watched it um, start to finish in one sitting. And yeah, I mean, there are times where it gets kind of slow, like Daniel's saying, but man, I, I enjoyed it. In fact, the stuff in space where there's no dialogue whatsoever were my favorite parts. I just loved watching everything happen in space. It kind of reminded me of Wally a little bit, like the first 40 minutes of Wally, where it's just things going on and no dialogue happening whatsoever. I don't know. I enjoyed myself. It, visually, this thing was just stunning. I was a little surprised at the beginning because, you know, we first were like on a planet, you know, Earth, I guess, but with, with the monkeys and things doing their thing. And I was kind of like, oh, what does this have to do with space? What's going on here? <laughs> I well yeah when I'm like oh we're starting this far back we're starting like primal times with like humanoid like ape like things and I was just I, that was really weird that was my first like we had 20 minutes of monkeys for yeah. and I just I think that also was just like I I thought I was in space what the fuck <laughs> it was very and it, it was a very weird in seeing the monolith and. I don't know like it that's also something I think that really bummed me out is I don't really feel like anything was resolved in the movie from start to finish well I mean we'll get into the ending here in a little bit but I don't think there's you're supposed to have like a complete answer if you will I think it's supposed to be like just left you to think and ponder stuff a little bit here because I mean when we reached that last 20-25 minutes I'm just sitting there just like watching and, I, and whole time just thinking like what is going on like i what what is this i feel like kubrick was on a drug trip when he wa wrote this movie quite potentially <laughs> yeah but one but one thing I, I couldn't get over just the beauty of this movie this every shot everything is just so well thought out and serves purpose i mean i, I love just visually watching this movie again all the parts without dialogue i thought were great and we get in some dialogue moments and, you know, it's fun watching the, the humans interact with each other uh, at the spaceport, things like that. 
I mean, there's so many, so many parts in this movie too, where I was like, how do they film that back in 1968? How? Yeah. I mean, some of the stuff that, that like, I used to say like when they're in the spaceport and it's like white with like those big red chairs, I'm like, okay, that feels like the future as seen from 1968. Yeah. And then some of the other stuff was just like, yeah, I mean, like, honestly, the spacecrafts were actually very cool, and they don't seem dated. Like, they seem pretty, like, something I would see in a movie t- today. Yeah, a lot of this seems pretty relevant to now, which was um, amazing, because this came out 51 years ago, 52 like the, years ago. I, I think when he's, like, walking down the hallway, I think it's when he's first going out to see, check on the satellite or something. Mm-hmm. But, like, that big white, like, corridor that he's walking in while in a spacesuit looked very cool, didn't look iconic very shot dated. There. Yeah. You know, well, just then, lo- I just course, love like the camera as the guy's jogging around the circle thing. That was cool. I mean, just how they accomplished that was amazing. I mean, that that whole sh- continuous shot was just so cool. I, I do love how I do like, how love they're thinking like, what's the future going to be like? The guy, the guy's talking to his daughter, not through like um, uh, what do, what do you call it with iPhone? Like uh, yeah, FaceTime. He's talk, FaceTime. Like, there video we go. Chatting like her. FaceTime. Yeah, their video. Their idea of, of uh, FaceTiming. You still go into a booth, like a phone booth, but it's yeah, this futuristic phone booth where you're FaceTiming. Right. <laughs> I thought that was great. I mean, that's pretty much came true. Uh, I was trying to think of a couple of. Oh yeah, like some things I thought were interesting was like when you're showing the guy on his way to the spaceport. And like the uh, the st- like cruiser or something, which Pan Air doesn't even exist anymore, right? Um, but then you see like the stewardess, like when it's no grab, like she just like once like a shot that I thought was really cool is like she walks out, like finishes like serving somebody. And then walks into a room and then starts walking up the wall and then on the ceiling and then walks up to a different level of the ship that way. Yeah. Which was a very, it was actually really disorienting to watch that. Yeah. (laughs) So that was a very interesting, I thought that was like, that actually threw me off because I I got a little dizzy somehow watching that. There's there's so many good, I mean, the, the cinematography and the, just the production design of this movie, I thought were just amazing. And for the most part have stood the test of time. I mean, a lot of this looks like it could have been done today. I mean, it's just so cool. Yeah, I mean, if you're if we're being nitpicky, I think the only things that really threw me off a lot were the like the humanoid apes. Definitely, just looked like people in costumes, you know. But really, that's not that big of a thing. This is really the only thing that I think that maybe didn't age super well is just like the quality of the costumes or like. Oh really? Because I kept going back and forth in my mind trying to think like, are are these some of these real? Like in some of these shots, are they? Because obviously for some like direct things you want to see, like I want to see you do this. It's a human in a costume. But other times I was like, maybe these are this for this shot. They used real apes, and then they switch over to humans in costumes. I like I sometimes couldn't tell. Ironically enough, I read that this uh, was nominated for best costume design at costume and makeup, and lost to Planet of the Apes because <laughs> they thought in this movie they'd use real apes that really mm-hmm. that's hilarious so they were so good they thought they were real 
So they so Planet of the Apes won instead. <laughs> well, maybe you know what, Jordan. Maybe I'm honestly just flat out wrong. That was my opinion. Is that's the only thing that felt a little weird is that I felt like I was watching people running around in costumes. Well, it made me wonder when that uh, lion or tiger or whatever attacks, if that was like real on animal on animal. Oh yeah, I totally forgot about that. But yeah, when that happened, I'm like, okay, that's definitely, I thought for sure that that cat, that like uh, jag or not, it looked like a cheetah. Something, yeah. Yeah, I thought, that looked definitely real, but then I'm like costume getting mauled. I, I don't know. Like that's gotta be I, I thought the well, it made me wonder: Did they sacrifice a real life animal for the sake of filming? <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. It's the six. It's in the sixties, so that's still definitely on the board. Yeah, I think I, I, I don't know, but uh, so, but I guess uh, so. I mean, we all know the premise of the film. You know, astronauts. You know, we we, we jump. What, what what are those black things called again? They're they're just. Because I think that's all they really refer to them as, like, unknown, like, monoliths, like, possibly of alien origin. Mm-hmm. So what do, what do you think them? What do you think they are? What do you think they mean? You know, I was kind of confused. I was, that's why I was also hoping to get, like, a more concrete answer, which is also kind of frustrating for me. But as far as, like, yeah, it kind of... I don't know how to really explain it so much as like it seems to elevate like well for like the humanoids like in the beginning it seemed to elevate their intelligence because like after they interact with it they figure out how to use like uh, hammers to like beat off another tribe you know and actually kill some of them too with the tools so it seems like it increases use it for a back scratcher yeah, it, so it just seems like for the, those, hey, did you, like... Did it, you watch any of that? I, I got on YouTube and watched more Space Odyssey parodies on Simpsons, and Homer goes up to it and like, ooh, yeah, back scratch. Oh, no, I didn't do that. <laughs> so I should have done that. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, so for the humanoids, it seems like it raised their intelligence, but then the next time you see it is, like, in the future, it, they find one on the moon, and it... I got the impression it killed everybody? <laughs> Or when it, when it sent out that signal, yeah, yeah. I don't know about killing everybody, but yeah, that. Gosh, every time the music swelled around those things, I found that kind of annoying, to be honest. It was a bit much like the chi- like the oh yeah, took it a little too far, I think. Where I was like, okay, 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 I get it, I, like I get it, I get it, I get it. Wait, it would just be cost several minutes. <laughs> but yeah, so. I don't know. Ex- I don't know what the models are because they didn't really seem to have a consistent thing that they were that was happening. So, like some theories I read up on, I watched a YouTube video on this. Is aliens essentially place that on Earth and to kind of watch the evolution of man? So they placed one on Earth during the uh, primate time, and then they got we have one on the Moon. And when man discovered it on the Moon, they it sent a signal out saying, "Okay, man has evolved this much to where they're on the Moon now." And then, you know, because later on we see the one in space around Jupiter. Before right. we see the final one wherever um, Dave ends up. Yeah, which Dave ends up like in a future house with him, his future self, I guess. Basically watches which... his life pass before him. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. And it's just like maybe, and that's also, this was nowhere near the movie that I thought it, I was going to be watching. So that's one of the things that I mean. Well, I'm kind of curious. What, what did you think you were getting into? 
Well, from <laughs> from what I had read about it, just like, yeah, it's a space movie that essentially was praised for the realism of space travel. Or at least at the time, which I mean, it's still, I feel probably fairly realistic now because we haven't gotten much past the type of technology that they have or even gotten towards some of the technology. Like we have some of it, but we don't have some of other things too. But like, I was thought I was getting to more like a sci-fi. Like I heard it was like hard sci-fi where it's just like very realistic, but you know, like poses like existential crisis questions and like brings up like, like AI intelligence. So I'm like, okay, this sounds like something that's right up my alley. And it just didn't really click for, it did maybe, I feel like it might've worked for me had I been a little bit more knowledgeable of exactly what I was getting into. So I was kind of caught off guard, but like, that's what I thought I was getting into. And I didn't realize how much of a slow methodical burn it was going to be like, it's really trying to push like the loneliness of space. Like, yeah. And I was actually kind of shocked. We didn't get to see Hal to an hour in. He's that's not introduced till an hour into the movie. Yeah. Which I wrote that down like that cuz that's like that's yeah. also something that threw me off cuz all I know about like the most cultural like thing that gets referenced constantly is Hal and to have it not even show up till almost halfway through the movie was kind of really surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean again for me I didn't know what to expect. I had certain ideas of what this movie was going to be about but yeah just had no idea and it was a little bit of slow burn but again the slow burn moments were just beautifully shot that i was okay with it um oh, what was i say oh one thing that they nailed that i thought was great was man versus ai playing chess together how ahead of its time was that i mean when did war when did war games come out Uh, 80s well then i guess it was at least 12 to 20 years ahead of its time still (laughs) but i just mean in general like how you know we play that stuff on our phones nowadays yeah but like how ahead of 1968 you know no one's really people the computer is still pretty foreign to people at that time i mean it's only used for big things like nasa and yeah, nobody's got them in their household yet for it to be man to be playing against a chess against a machine. That's way yeah. ahead of its time. I mean, no, it definitely is. Yeah, it's just weird to think about that, especially since we've always had it. Right. So it's weird to think about, like, yeah, in the 60s, like, this is brand new. This is, like, cutting edge. Mm-hmm. Which, again, it's one of those movies where, like, I've seen, like, at least maybe not better iterations, but uh, iterations on sci-fi and, like, taking some ideas from this. And like the cyberpunk genre, like with a ton of movies like Blade Runner and stuff that I really like and appreciate. So I was, so I guess I also kind of got like a lot of the concepts that they're trying to push, like, or not push, but like introduce. But like, it's hard. I can't, Im- I literally cannot imagine being in a theater in 1968 and watching this because I'd be like, mine would be fucking blown out my ass. Like, oh, well, yeah. AI. No playing on computers, playing virtual chess, like all of those are insane ideas at that point. But at this point, like that's been my life. I want to see this thing in theaters. I want to see this in theaters, like just to see the whole space spectrum, like in the awe of it, which would be so cool to see in theaters. But yeah, 1968, you would have been blown away by this movie. 
Yeah, I mean, what was it? Still have some good moments. So let's talk Hal. So we do get to Hal eventually, you know. We got a five-man space mission towards Jupiter. Three are in hypersleep. Two are awake. Uh, Yeah, we got Hal running the show here. Yeah, sorry. One more thing I want to mention before we move on to Hal. Just further the point of how this would blow your mind, the moon landing hadn't even happened yet. Yeah, true. The landing happened in 1969. This and how movie realistic? Came out the year before. How realistic did that look too when they were on the moon? That looked crazy real. Like it did. It. That's the thing. Like this is incredible. Like I, I think it's gonna take me another go around or so to like now that I know what I'm getting. Like maybe I'm just used to faster paced sci-fi, and even slow sci-fi is usually faster paced than what this was. But yeah, like the moon looked good. Like oh, the sets looked amazing. The CGI, like minimal, or I don't know how minimal it was, but it doesn't stand out as being dated. It just like seamlessly flows within the movie. But looking, looking real quick here, um, Jesus, I'm sorry, I can't even imagine. Now I just it became even more unimaginable when I looked up exact just to make sure. But the moon landing happened a year later. So the moon landing hadn't even happened when this movie came out. Uh, here we go. So HAL 9000 is number 13 on AFI's list of 100, 100 years, 100 heroes, and villains. He is number 13 on the villain list. And yeah, like, even if, that's the thing. Even if you've never seen Space Odyssey, or 2001 A Space Odyssey, you know how. Every like because he's in everything. They reference like the HAL robots constantly in so many, so many different TV shows and movies. That it's just it just shows like how iconic the movie still is, because I know who HAL was. I knew who he was before I watched the movie. Here's the list here. Darth Vader number three. I think I put him I'd put him over Hannibal Lecter and Norman Bates. Darth Vader's the old He's the ultimate badass bad guy. I wouldn't put Norman Bates over Darth Vader. I, I don't even know why he'd be in number two. Not going to lie. Wicked Witch of the West, number four. Nurse Ratchet. <laughs> Have you seen Cougar's Nest yet? No, I've seen it once. Okay. But yeah, there's Hal, number 13. All right, anyway. Uh, really, the alien and alien, I would put that over Hal. Yeah, I would too. I By really like, enjoyed uh, uh, the dialogue between Hal, though, and the astronauts. I thought that was cool. And yeah, when they go inside the pod to kind of have a conversation by themselves without him, without him around, but he's reading their lips, I thought that was cool. And yeah, how he's just like, well, you know, it's me versus them. I need to take them out. All that stuff was just so good. Yeah, I was actually kind of shocked because, yeah, he literally ejects like one of them into space almost. Mm hmm. And then while the other guy is outside, he literally just kills the people who aren't even a threat to him. Just clears the board, literally. But like kills four out of five of them instantly. I love yeah. that moment too, where he's stuck, like trying to get back in the Dave's trying to get back on the ship. And the way he does it, I thought was just great. I don't know how realistic that would be, but I thought it was great. I don't know. It felt pretty real. I mean, like what? Like he unscrews like a manual hatch, mm-hmm. like with the uh, the little cruiser. Launches himself in just to get almost sucked back out to grab the handle and shut the door just in time. 
Oh, I know. Yeah, he like gets ragdolled like against the wall. Which I'm like, I couldn't tell. I'm like, is that still a real person? Because it looks like he just got smashed up against it. Yeah. But yeah, no, that I do. Okay, that is a scene that I really liked. It was like when he's taking out like Hal's like computer systems. Mm-hmm. How it's not a super fast process. It's a very slow process. Like from him, from when he's like unhinging it to like getting in there but like even when he's like taking the door off with that like tool and he's in a spacesuit which is smart because you know how has control over like the air like circulation and everything but even though i'm just like okay his suit seems to be fully autonomous i think he's technic i think he's safe but it kept i as he was like just even when he was taking off the door i'm like something's gonna happen to him that the the Hal's gonna figure out some way to like throw him out of the space station or whatever. So even when like he's about to destroy Hal, you I was just like something bad's gonna happen. Right. Uh, yeah. I was, so I was I did, waiting the, for it. So the tension in that scene and like when he's like taking out his like like intelligence and like pretty much all the programs that make Hal Hal like very slowly. That is a cool scene. I do like like turn the key move to the next one it slowly pops out then in one second believe the other one slowly pops out which again very and cool to, to hear him decline was awesome yeah and you don't and you hear hal talking to him and you don't hear the ash like the uh the astronauts say anything until hal's like i know a song he's like yeah sing me the song and as he's saying it, he's fi- doing like the final touches to completely power him down mm-hmm. i thought yeah i thought I don't know. So rad. So let's talk to this ending. I mean, were you just like, huh? Cause yeah, we, I had to look up and I'm like... We have an astronaut in space and then all of a sudden we just... Minutes go by of just this flashingness, like he's traveling through a vortex. And I, I mean, I was along for the ride. It's like, whoa, this feels like a laser light show almost. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, it looked like to me he got sucked up in like a black hole or something. And then we just, we end up in this room and we see an older version of him and he seems to get older and older and older and the next thing we know a little tiny baby and a little sphere on the bed yeah turns into a fetus and then it goes back into the opening shot with him as a fetus next to the earth or was it the sun i think it was earth yeah (laughs) it was earth yeah i'm just like i was just like okay so i don't know was this supposed to be his soul like we want he watches his whole life flash before his eyes and then maybe he goes back to his like he's left the body and he's a soul a fetus i don't know was he supposed to be the coming of christ when he's orbiting the earth (laughs) so many questions yeah i know it's just one of those things that raises so many questions answers hardly any of them we don't i don't know like, which is also very frustrating as a viewer because you want some closure. And this does not, this is a movie that is probably one of the least amount of closures I've ever seen. Like everything is just st- is open at the end of the movie. It's kind of like that very end of Inception when the top is still spinning. Oh yeah. Yeah, like, was this all a whole, a dream inside DiCaprio's head? What? But yeah. Yeah, so I have no idea. Like he turned into a fetus, he's now in space and what do we do with it like i i I don't know is it like signifying like the big bang what the big bang already happened 
I don't know. Like there was a lot of, I don't know. It's, it's a movie that I'm definitely probably going to look up theories about it to try and like put some th- things together. Cause I didn't, I, I, I literally like finished it about half an hour before we started recording. Did you? <laughs> yeah. So I was just like sitting there like, what the fuck? Like I, I said, like I, I owed it to myself to finish it. It just took me a while. It was like a grind for me. But I did because I, I had to. It, I did it all in one sitting. I didn't. I don't know. I didn't feel like a grind to me. Um, yeah, it was a slow part. It was so funny having an intermission. <laughs> I was like, man, I haven't seen that in a while. Oh yeah, I. Yeah, that was kind of funny. I'm like, oh shit. Remember when movies had intermissions? I know. Especially yeah. for a two and a half hour movie coming out in for two, I know for two and a half hours, I felt like nothing. I'm like, man, and yet they don't give one for The Irishman. That's four hours long. Come on. Yeah, but they put it on Netflix, Jordan. Still. I want to see it in theaters, but nobody is sitting there holding a pee for four hours. Now, that's when you need a bucket. Exactly. Like that one guy in a 70s show when he was trying to win the van against Kelso. Let's see who can drink the most coffee. Oh, you're on! Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going you're gonna to have to pee. I'm going right now. <laughs> so funny yeah so i mean i don't know like while i wasn't super thrilled and i was actually very saddened by the fact that i wasn't absolutely loving the movie because i really wanted to and i was really looking forward to it i will say i'm definitely open to watching it again down the road now that it's again like one of those things like i was thrown off right away didn't know what the fuck was happening looking yeah for the first like i, I definitely years. want to watch this again i would love if when theaters kind of open ride. up if uh but now the... that i know that it's really more of like introduction but i guess now that i'm like more now i know that it's the movie's more interested in introducing ideas instead of answering the questions that it poses in the movie yeah. i think yeah. that'll like really just help for a rewatch to be like and honestly, if I were to have somebody watch it with me, I'd probably give them a heads up like this. It's gonna. It's more about introducing questions than answering the questions. Because I think that's a that would be a nice thing to know, so I could have kind of had that thought in the back of my head throughout the movie. Uh, I'm with it. If, if the Academy Theater opens up soon and plays this movie, I would go see this on the big screen. And I do think another viewing is definitely necessary. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm glad I finally saw this movie. It it again. It feels good to have sat down and finally watch it. Yeah, it does feel like I can finally at least say I've watched it. This is because like I think I've only like... seen now. I've seen this Doctor Strange Love, um, Full Metal Jacket, The Shining, and the, what was it called? The Killing. So I've seen five Cooper films now. Yeah, I, need I don't know. It's I know like old movies again love them or i hate them like the killing i fucking love that movie so much that i'm like telling everyone like hey somebody else needs to watch this movie because it's awesome (laughs) but then like 2001 space odyssey and it's just like oh it's kind of slow for me and i know like older movies are like kind of sometimes known to be like slower or something but i don't know like old movies just are always like kind of a shit show for me for some reason Mm -hmm. it's either love or hate this one wasn't really my cup of tea first go around, but the killing first go around was awesome. 
Yeah, well, that was fun. All right. Well, um, why don't we wrap it up here? Uh, yeah, our talk on 2001 Space Odyssey. Um, yeah, I guess my closing thoughts on this are I'm glad I found the saw it. It was visually just beautiful. I mean, just stunning. Again, I love the parts of just non-dialogue altogether. Like, it's kind of cool having a movie like this where there's just very little dialogue and it's more about, you know, just what's happening and folding in front of your eyes. I like that part. And I don't know. I didn't mind that. It just kind of left me thinking and wondering things and making coming up with my own conclusions. Okay. Well, yeah, my stance is, well, I didn't love the movie. I definitely appreciated the technical aspects of how good the cinematography was, how well everything is aged. Yeah, like, that was like incredible to of, me, is how yeah, well it, everything is aged. It is aged insanely well, because obviously there's very little CGI, and the practical effects are amazing. Um, I would just say, if you're watching it, I like that's the thing that I wish I knew, so I would kind of have that frame like my mind framed in the ways that it's more that movies interested in introducing you to new ideas and like some interesting concepts and isn't concerned about answering those. Yeah. So I think that's a big thing for me that had I known, I probably would have like settled it, settled in a little bit sooner and started enjoying just like the concepts that it was putting forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it all of a sudden ended, I was just like, wait, what? It's, it's done. What, what, what just happened? I it looked, yeah. I'm just going, wait, what? Yeah, that's kind of what I felt. I'm like, wait, so he went, but he saw his future selves, and then he turned into a cosmic baby. Yeah. Did I get that right? Another funny parody, too, when uh, the, there's a fox spaceship floating in space, and then it hits the head of Homer the baby <laughs> <laughs> outside of Earth's atmosphere. So funny. Anyway. All right, well... That concludes our talk for 2001 Space Odyssey. Daniel, where can they find us? You can find us online at movies underscore brews on Instagram and Twitter. Let us know what you thought of 2001. Loved it, hated it, thought it was too slow, think I'm an idiot. It's probably the latter. Let us know. All right, everybody. Well, hey, thanks for downloading the show. Uh, We appreciate it. If you like the podcast, share with friends. That helps the show grow. And we'll talk to you next time on... Movies and brews. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.